This episode of Vic's Basement is brought to you by EB Games. Support us by buying your video games at EB Games. Welcome to my basement, everybody. Hello, Scott Jones. How are you? My How are friend. you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very How good. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. It's brisk day here. It is. It's a little cold. It's a little ground. rainy. We're down yeah. in the basement. Down in the basement it's in the bunker. Yeah. In the outside world, but it's really damp in the basement. We're in our vault. Yes. Yes. This is uh, Vault and you 117. Know what? Do you hear this? Beep, 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 beep. My hustler detector is going off. Your hustler detector? There's what do you mean? A, oh, because a pile of hustlers somewhere. over there? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And you still got hustlers? Uh, yeah, sure. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to need about seven minutes to myself. <laughs> and that's it. We've grossed everybody out. Listen, how are you feeling? What's, I'm, what's I'm feeling good. Apple you? sent me in the, one of their new Apple watches, so I feel I feel, oh, yeah. I feel really good. Sleek. It's sleek. Uh, right. You hardly notice it, right? I mean, well, it's, I can see it, but they can't see yeah, it pointing the Apple oh, okay. Watch towards me. Right, it's right there. Beautiful, beautiful uh, touchscreen display. You know, the yep. thing I got to tell you yeah. is uh, there's this guy who I see all over the place. It's the same guy on the Apple Watch. Yeah. He looks so much like you. Yeah, that's you. Oh, he does this. Right? He's got a little little bit of a wink, I guess. Especially when I had the blonde in my hair. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what I went. I went. What up, happened to that? I went and went turned to gray, which sucks. But uh, I went to my hairstylist with a picture of Pip Boy, and I said, uh, "Can you make me look like that?" Hairstylist. <laughs> Jesus, people think we're a couple of old ladies. Well, we went to a barber, my friend. I went. I went to a very masculine barber. That's I right. said, "Can you make me look like this, please?" <laughs> and well, listen, you and just had, you had a great moment, and I can't. I don't know if you're comfortable hearing me talk about this on the show. Yeah, what's but that? You went to the the. You went to pick up your mail. Yeah. And this is the time of year when yeah. mail is very interesting. Yeah. And I was thinking back to when I first started doing this job, long mm -hmm. before I met you mm -hmm. and I started working on the show. Mm -hmm. Back then, in the Tom, 20s. Tommy was still playing in the Little League. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, the black and white days. The black and white right, days. Yeah. And you know what? The, the mail, especially in uh, October and November and December. Well, He's talking about the things that, that arrive, yeah. that the couriers and mail people deliver, deliver just, not mail humans no not female male. and male but yeah. lots of them do okay just things. just to be clear but i remember getting fedexes like the pile that you just got and yeah. i remember just getting one not a pile because i wasn't victor i'm still not victor lucas but i would get these things and i think i never want to do anything else i just want these fedexes to keep coming baby just <laughs> rain down upon me it's a great moment well this is what our job is we have to uh, go through all kinds of different job. products well, it's the job. It's the work. It's not really hard. It, it's job. not hard work. You know, it's you beautiful make it work. Look so easy. It it's, is beautiful it's, work. It's wonderful work. That's why you know, I'm 20 years in. Knock on wood. I get to keep doing this, and I love it. Um, and uh, we should be grateful that we get to do this stuff. But the work is to go through all of these things, like this Apple Watch, and so, and review them, and and uh, uh, see if we really like them, and uh, and then give them a seven out of ten, or a four out of ten, four out of ten, or a nine I, out of ten. I just want to yeah. thank you to FedEx. Thank yeah. you to Perolator. Is that a pl company? Perolator is one of them, yeah. Uh, yeah. But it is interesting Thank now. Thank you to Apple for these watches. Yeah, it's interesting, though, that the, um, uh, the, the change to digital and the codes that we get. We get a lot of codes now. Mean so much less. So much less. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like maybe five years ago, it was just a steady stream of Perolator. Yeah. And if it's you're pure later. No one, no wonder they don't. They're out almost out of business. No, they're they're pure doing later. fine. Pure later. But you know, now it is a series of these codes, and especially the Xbox codes. Yeah. They're like 92 characters <laughs> long, and there's always some squiggle in there that I can't find on my keyboard. Yeah. And I sit there, and it's, seriously, it's such, especially when I was sick last year. Like yeah. it was so painstaking for me to put, and I'd always get it wrong, and I yep. have to put it in again. It's like a 45 minute thing just to put the code in. Yes. But it's a video game code, and yeah. it's a free video game, and I gotta review it, and that's my job somehow. Yeah, you can't complain about can't that. Complain. But it, it's it's a uh, it's a different vibe, though. When you open something, and you, I think we've talked about this before, and I think that's why we started the cartridge reviews, which we're gonna do some more of pretty soon on the show too, because almost all the big games are out. But the uh, that that feeling of physical, that feeling of having an object that you can smell and you can touch, What's that tactility. Away? Like I'm a little worried about that. Yeah, and it's an amazing thing. And getting the packages is part of the the uh, uh, the the sort of joy of it all. You know, the uh, the crazy yes. kind of procedural sort of uh, you know connection to 
the physical object of, of this medium is such a wonderful thing that I will miss if you, it disappears. It, it and that's disappear. why the toy table has has launched this uh, year as well. Because any opportunity to talk about your beloved toy uh, well, table. And then the toy breaks that we used to do and here. toy breaks. Because that's our connection to these characters and these objects and these, uh, and these, these creations, these physicalized versions of these things. You know, if if the discs go away, if the the instruction books go they away, will. and the the steel books and and you know all of the collectors they editions, uh, you know, like the 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 manifestations of of these characters in toy form or in statue form and or in in uh, Apple yeah. Watch form, just really really fun. I know. You know, they are I, fun. And I want to ask you a question though. When do you remember getting any gifts as a kid that yeah. really just lit you up? Yeah. So do I. I got some, you know, my parents were both alcoholics and they beat me all the time, but they gave me really nice gifts at Christmas. Explain so much. Yeah. <laughs> I okay. I, I thought this was Oh, it was well established? Okay, but go listen, for it. The, but I remember, like, getting those gifts when you're a kid, and I yeah. remember once my grandmother gave me this little toy doll, and it was just a mummy, yeah. and the mummy's face and its hands would glow in the dark. Yeah. And all the kids got them, but I'm just like, oh man, opening this mummy, and now this mummy is mine, and yeah. I can get light on it, and then it would stay glowing in the dark. It's such a match. I mean, it's such a stupid toy, but I loved it, and I love getting the gifts. And now I don't really feel like I get good gifts from anybody anymore. But yeah. I feel like as an adult, as doing the job that you do and that I do. Getting these gifts in and opening these games. Well, not only that, it's incredible. Not only that, though, the persistence of staying young in our hearts and our minds through this content is wonderful. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's life affirming. It's it's validating passion. It's it's uh, escapism. It's it's uh, it's celebrating imagination, and all of that stuff becomes less and less. Uh, you know, important, I think, for people as they age and they think about other responsibilities and mortgages and putting their kids through school. Like, I, and I, I feel sometimes great, I always feel gratitude, but I, I sometimes feel a little bit of guilt because this is the stuff that I concern myself with is the uh, discussion around this and the and the connecting with the people that yeah, build it and the connecting the people. You could be talking that, about the pipeline. You could be yeah, talking about politics. Which I am also incredibly passionate about and excited about too. I like all of the, uh, the, the you know, discussion around what's really important in the world, you know, in a, in a factual, like, affirming way mm -hmm. uh, like I'm very happy with a lot of the political sort of things that have been happening in, oh, in me Canada too. I mean that's there's been a lot of change even in the short time that our new prime minister has taken office but uh, but I think you know I think it's important for us as fans of this stuff to just revel in it but you know be okay with the fact that we get to never age to be kind of Peter Pan's in this art form in this medium mm -hmm. you know and and uh, when I was young and getting into this as a career, Did I didn't you get a mummy. No, I didn't get a mummy. But I'll talk about my toys in a second here because that's a great question. But I, I think I didn't think about the permanence and the longevity and the importance to to stay with it and to you know not, not just the age is a number cliche, but just the importance of staying connected to the aspiration to deliver on this imagination. And that also, I think, transposes back to the people that build all of this stuff because they're not kids anymore either. Mm -hmm. You know, like Todd Howard is not a kid and he's making, uh, you know, iterations on themes and game concepts that he's had since his, his career started. And it's a beautiful thing that he's staying engaged with this. I'm really curious to see what Hideo Kojima and his, his team that he assembles, what they're going to do. He is also not a kid. You know, Itagaki-san, uh, you know, and that list, you know, uh, Sid Meier, there's a list of these guys that are not children, but they still create things that, you know, tap into that childlike enthusiasm and that childlike, uh, you know, um, uh, curiosity wonder. and wonder that we need to kind of cultivate on a persistent level, well, you know? That's a funny transition that we are coming into right now because the medium, the stuff that, that we value so much, all those guys are getting older now. Like, it's part of me, and I, I feel like earlier this year when, when Iwata died, like, it felt like we're moving into a new era where our people age. You know, it made me worry about Miyamoto. It made me, like, thinking about these guys going forward, aging, becoming older men. Yeah. I mean, we're going through the same thing. 
I mean, I joke around a lot, but I'm an old man. I'm an older man now, middle-aged. I'm middle-aged. I admit it here publicly for the first time ever. But what? how will their approach if to— If middle age is 27. That's right. Right? Okay. And I think it is. <laughs> okay. But how, how will aging, how will their perception of the world change the kinds of things they make? Well, as you, we move forward, I don't, Even Cliff Blazinski is an older man. I remember doing. Uh, an and I see with him. Adam Sessler is always tweeting about how old he is and his oh, reflexes he, aren't there. I start following and him. you know, and I I think all of that stuff is total bullshit. And here is my realization for it, and not just because I'm not a 27 year old anymore. Surprise, surprise. But the uh, uh, my realization on it is is all the people that I looked up to when I was conceiving what had would become the next 20 years of my life with EP were in this bracket you know Harrison Ford and Siskel and Ebert and uh, you know the, the all of my heroes the the Lucas and Spielberg and everybody else was in this bracket and I think this is a bracket where uh, you have achieved some success you've built some things mm-hmm. and you have great aspiration, but you also have a connection to uh, the responsibility of the people that are watching your material, maybe the younger people that are in your life. And uh, you have some some perception and some, some perspective that is still really valuable to people. And I think that that's, you know, I take great joy in the fact that we get to, you know, talk about this stuff at this age and in this, mm-hmm. you know, in this point in our lives. And I think that it's, it's, meaningful to people because they know that we've been around for a while you Mm -hmm. know and i think that's valuable and i think that you know i want to see that persist not just with us but with other people in editorial and other people that are talking about uh, this kind of medium whether it's film whether it's tv whether it's video games and i worry that that's not the business that's right that's being built right now the business is like is built for social media people who are in their late teens and early 20s and it works for them and they can make a lot of money doing this. But I have a lot of, we have a lot of peers, people, and you know, Vic's not saying this, just I'm saying this, but these people are older now and the, like it's harder to find work going forward if you're gonna stay on the media side of things. Yeah, It's just, it's just harder, like it's just harder. It's kind of gone away the island's shrunken underneath our feet. And there's not as many opportunities as there used to be and the few opportunities that are left are lower pay opportunities. Yeah. So, it's That's and it, you know what the video the game industry has been engineered to cater to a uh, a churn, you know, a uh, a sort of age limited thing where people go into it for a while and then they they say, okay, I've got a I've got a Everybody wife does. now and we've yeah. got to go do or a husband now, yeah, I've got to so, go do something else right. or a child now. I got to start earning some real G's. And that's not just in games; that's in music, that's in movies, yep. and um, you know, it's a very real thing, and and certainly you know, journalism and, and the coverage of all this stuff has completely changed. And that, that, is, that is definitely a topic that we'll be going back to. But uh, uh, I think, and maybe I'm just making peace with my own choices and my own, um, you know, things that have happened with my very lucky career. I'm very grateful that I, I get to talk about this stuff and yeah. I have a kid. I and, can't believe that we've yeah. had the the like you've, the things you've built. Like, honestly, it's been a crazy, for me, it's only been 15 years, but for you, it's it's been like 20, 20, years. 20 years. Well, 20, okay. about 21 years. Yeah, but, that's uh, incredible. Uh, and today, what did you get in the mail? Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Came in the mail yep. for Victor Lucas and for me. We're going to review it next week. Yeah, it's a Tuesday show, so we're all weekend long. So we'll be playing it. It's weird that they're doing this on a Friday because the t- Tuesday is the usual release date. Well, what's out games. on Tuesday? Star Wars. No nope. Fallout. Okay, mm-hmm. Fallout comes out on Tuesday. And poor little Tomb Raider, I'm, which uh, might or might not be playing Fallout already. Yeah, we're not allowed to talk about about uh, the game of Fallout and at all. Tomb Raider is on Tuesday. Why do they do the same as a Fallout weekend? I I don't know, but uh, I did well, a I did a little Twitter poll yesterday about. Um, I love your Twitter polls. Well, they're fun, man. I like to see what people come back with. I asked people what November game they're most excited with. I threw Halo Five in there, forgetting that it had come out at the end of October. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think people are playing it for real right now. Um, I put Halo 5, Battlefront, Fallout, and uh, I, I think one more, I forget, and then other. And I, I got two, I got many, many responses for Fallout. Everyone loves Fallout. Not that many responses for uh, Black Ops 3, which yeah. 
I don't think correlates to the no, sales. Even if you love so, Black Ops, so you that can't means, say publicly that you love. Is Black that what Ops. it is? You just have to love it privately. I got to tell you because I've started to play a little. I played a, started playing a little bit on the PC last night. I haven't started any. So no spoilers. That's not spoiling. I I love Call of Duty. I love the franchise. I don't always love the game. But I love the Call of what, Duty experience. What franchise? What I love the franchise. About? I love the the effort and the money and the expense and the and the energy and the ridiculousness and the. It's like it is Michael Bay. We say this every year. It's like a Michael Bay movie that you you live through. But I love that it's carved out that right. space for itself. You know, and there's so many games that are about nuance and subtlety and storytelling and narrative. Oh, yeah. They're, well, they try. They go There's in that way. There's a lot world. of indie games that celebrate yeah, exactly. those things, but there aren't a lot of mainstream sure. games. Not enough, in fact. And we talk about that all the time. And this is a, a franchise that says, you know what? We're just going to be about balls out stupid fun. No. And I, I like that about Call of Duty. I don't know. I, you know. I bet the other way. It's Call of Duty doesn't do it for me. That said, yeah. I'm going to try to open my mind, open my heart, and participate in the Call of Duty yeah. fest that's about to happen. I don't know if I like this one enough to... to Put that into my best, my it's favorite. A lot but like I, the last one, and it'll be like the one next year. But too. I, you know, I loved Advanced Warfare. I love that game, and I, I love the franchise in general. And I, you know, I know it's not maybe cool to say that anymore about Call of Duty, um, but I really dig it. I like who, who you're being right now. Okay, but let's talk about fun. my action figure because uh, you asked about a toy when I was a kid. Well, and I, not really. You, you want to hear it? Now this is sure. this is a retro toy break. I don't have the. You have to imagine this if you okay, will. Okay, there's there's two. Okay, when I was a kid, Fisher Price used to make little action figures, and I actually want to build a show about action figures. I want to build a show, maybe called Action Figure, because I think there are action figures for a lot of collectors out there that resonate and mean something. It'd be interesting to go into the histories of that stuff and talk to the designers and and talk to fans. Yeah, I, I just love that idea. But the um, Did you just pitch a show. I think I just pitched a show. All right. All right. That's the world we live in right now. We do our meetings on uh, show in be, live. Might be on the air before the show's over. Uh, yeah. Um, but uh, there was two. Fisher Price used to make action figures, and they made kind of like a Super Dave Osborne looking figure. Does anybody remember Super Dave Osborne? He was this uh, kind of Spinal Tap esque weird wacko stuntman in quotations that always got hammered well, and killed he, and crushed and he went on to uh, be one of the stars of curb your enthusiasm right and he's so fantastic on that show but i do remember his earlier iteration well they would try to do stunts with him and he would always get it would be yeah. a it would be a a mannequin that would get trampled by something or okay. crushed so or killed where's the toy in a this? take on evil knievel which was amazing okay. he was amazing yeah, i had I a fisher i had a fisher price evil knievel like it wasn't a licensed thing but I carried that figure everywhere I went, all the time. It was mm -hmm. with me. This little, just this escape into this little, and video games are very much like this, but it was escape into this little toy world with this character that could do everything, right? He was a non-superhero superhero for mm -hmm. me. And I played with this character, this, this action figure, so much that his head would not stay up anymore. Mm -hmm. And he had a head that could go down like this. So his, his head was always perpetually down like this. And I would be playing with the thing and he would be walking with his head all the way down. But it was still, I loved it what so much. Did you have a name for I, I don't remember what the name was, but it was very, very utilized in my life as a kid. Okay. And the other big toy remembrance I have is Yoda. When they first made a Yoda figure, um, after Empire Strikes Back, mm -hmm. Sears used to be the big place where you could get your toys, the Sears catalog. Remember the Sears no, stores? Of course you do. Bills. Yeah, of course. Ask it's your dad. Uh, but uh, they used to have catalogs, and you would order the stuff, and they would send them to stores. They wouldn't even deliver to your house. There was no Amazon back then store? or anything like that. Yeah, I had to go to a Sears, uh, I don't know, receptacle store or whatever. But Yoda only came in the Cantina sequence, which doesn't even make sense because no, Yoda was not in there. nothing, yeah. right? So you got the Cantina deal with with a couple of the other figures, but That's Yoda some lazy toy people are just like just put him in just the throw him in there with his orange Everyone snake. Everyone will love it. But goddamn, I was so fucking happy when I got my Yoda in this figure in this Cantina set. I love the Cantina set too. It ended up being a really cool thing for my old Kenner Star Wars figures. But Yoda came with it. I was literally dancing down the street when I was about, I don't know, 10 or something or 11. Ah! I have Yoda! Oh, my God! Uh, so one day, maybe I'll recreate my Yoda dance on the, the show. Uh, 
Do you remember the Evil Knievel thing where you'd put his motorcycle on the thing and you'd have to wind it up? Yeah. Like this. Yes. You could feel them, and then you would just like turn him loose, and you would just drive like four I'm feet. I'm telling you, action the figure of the show would be incredible. Remember the old Steve Austin action figure and the and the Bigfoot action figure, the Bigfoot action figure. Oh, you're a six million dollar man. Yes, they okay. used to have the yeah. big big uh, plastic plate on his chest that would pop out if you punched it in the button in the little button on his belly button, and poof, and then Steve Austin could pick him up. But when, it's amazing. You could look through Steve Austin's eye. When I was oh. a kid, I had that Steve Austin doll, and mm -hmm. you could roll back one of his arms, and it was just like having an uncircumcised penis. Yeah, very much, yeah. And you'd roll had, it back, had, and that would be... He had arm foreskin. Yeah, it was a foreskin on his, <laughs> on his left arm, I believe, and inside you could see... Right underneath, he would just have some mechanics. The circuitry, yeah. yeah circuitry. That, that is a franchise that needs to come back. Does anybody no. else? I, Six million dollars. They tried dollar to bring Six it back. Billion, I know they keep talking about some comedy version of the, it. but the one, What was that other woman? Six million dollar woman? Yeah, Bionic Woman. Oh, the Bionic TV woman, show. You're yeah. right. They yeah. tried that, and it mm. didn't work. And yeah. Let's stop going back there. That's a We're great idea, a, though. No, Especially not. now with it's all these augmentations idea. that are happening, oh, and people have these kinds of things. You have... We have Luke Skywalker hands in real life now. That's a great idea. No, and it's all in Call of Duty, too. They have all of these metal arms and things like that. That's enough Call of Duty yeah. reference. All right, That's okay. That's it. It's the day. All but, right. Uh, but uh, okay. I liked my story about the mummy with the glow-in-the-dark hands. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm telling you, an action figure the show. To ask people if they think, Blake, ask if, if they no. think a show like that would be fun. Blake's saying no. They'll tell me in 30 seconds. Oh, they will in 30 seconds. I don't need to ask them. You just did. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes, I did. I just, oh, right. I'm on the show Blake, right now. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> where am I right now? Uh, okay, Blake, who is awesome. That should be his uh, middle. Blake, who is awesome. Right? That should, should be his, his Twitter. His gamer tag. Yeah. Blake, who is awesome. Steve Gunn. was cracked a little. Uh, <laughs> wrote us some things that happened this week because yeah, uh, he needs to remind us because we can never the, remember. The, um, the Warcraft trailer came out, yeah. and I watched it just before we started shooting today. Yeah, pretty. Uh, I like Duncan Jones a lot. Yeah. I'm uh, not into Warcraft, and I don't know if I need this movie. Looks like a high-res uh, tr uh, trailer the for the game. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Right? It looks like, and those are already amazing CG sequences. Yeah. Now we have an even ma a more amazing CG sequence. Here, yes, it was. I think right down the street from the studio. Yeah. It's uh, very close by. And, yep. And you can see the studio if you squint at the trailer <laughs> through the trees. It's in there. I saw The Flash being filmed right near the studio the other day. Oh. Yeah, after we saw Spectre, by the way. Which the review is out. We can talk about Spectre. Okay, we'll get to that. In a okay, bit. Uh, BlizzCon 2015 is happening this weekend. Which we, one is that? That's where they do all the Blizzard stuff. Okay. We will have reports on it. We didn't send anybody to it though. We've had a ton of traveling this fall, and actually Marissa's in Toronto right now. That's why she's not here. She just did the uh, Rainbow Six tournament thing. She's back next week though, uh, so we'll find out how that all went. Um, the CVAs, here's another thing that we're traveling for. The CVAs are December 5th and it's on the 6th in Toronto at the former Maple Leaf Gardens. And I, I don't know what the name of the place is now, but uh, it's a much bigger venue and there's a reason for it. Um, the CVAs has partnered uh, with FanFest, which is now a uh, going to be a regular component of the Canadian Video Game Awards. Uh, that's what the CVA stands for. Uh, so please come if you're in Toronto. The ticket gets you access to FanFest and the awards. And one of the things that we are doing as part of FanFest and the CVAs, we're going to announce it on the show next week, but you guys that are watching and listening to the podcast, thank you very much. Get to know first um, that we are going to uh, um, most, if not all, of the EP Daily crew is going to Toronto for that weekend. We are going to uh, shoot our Rocket and Raygun Awards on the Saturday, which everybody that comes to FanFest and, and the CVAs is welcome to watch. It will be right at our booth at FanFest. Oh, we're in a booth? Yeah, we've got our booth. Gonna, our booth will be set Is up. Is Tommy going to be there? Uh, maybe. Uh, but we are going to be um, doing the, the uh, Rocket and Reagan Awards. We're also going to be meeting anybody that wants to come up and meet us and, and say hi. Uh, and then we're also going to be doing uh, developer interviews throughout the weekend, which are going to be streamed on the CVA Twitch channel and uh, presenting awards as well at the CBA Awards. And there's tons of great uh, presenters that are lined up. I know that David Hayter is going to be there. I know that uh, Jennifer Hale is going to be there. Mark Muir, I think, is going to be there. Uh, some familiar faces. Victor uh, Lucas. Uh, gonna I'm going to be there. Scott Jones is going to be there. Marissa Roberto, Steve Tilly. When are the CBA Awards? Uh, they are on the 6th, December 6th. Is that a Saturday? That's a Sunday. So it's December oh, okay. 5th and 6th in Toronto. 
tickets are very reasonable. And the, the cool thing about FanFest and the reason why this was put together is that we wanted to create uh, a better sense of um, celebrating the industry for the public. Uh, so booths are going to be set up. Nintendo and Xbox are going to have a big presence there. PlayStation is going to have a presence there. Uh, there's going to be indie developers there uh, from all across the country. And uh, it's going to be a lot my, of fun. You think I should get my hair permed? Get your hair permed, yeah. Please come in uh, in your new curly hair perm. Note to self. Yeah, make it look like um, it. Uh, pubic. Why? Okay. All right. Okay. Grossly. Okay. Gross. Uh, that's very exciting, though. That's great news. Yeah. Well, it's fun that because we've been talking about doing the uh, rocket and ray guns in front of people for a long time, so uh, now they can see. <laughs> true. We have how that. much the editors help us. Yeah. So I don't understand. So we're not, we're doing rocket and ray gun. We're filming it and then we're airing it on TV. Yeah. Okay. And and the way that we're going to do it is the last week of this season, which is. Uh, uh, leading up to December 18th. December 18th is the last new episode of season 25, um, which will also have the Star Wars Episode 7 review of. Um, is uh, Every day we're going to do some rocket and ray gun stuff. So okay. we'll probably two parts of the show will be rocket and ray gun related. And then there'll be some other content in there too. That sounds good. Yeah, so we've got some some fun and, uh, stuff lined up for Toronto. December and Toronto. Yeah, it's going nice to be cold city. as hell. It is going to be cold. We're yeah. going to have to wear warm jackets, which no one in Vancouver owns because well, this is like a tropical resort in Canada. I got us all one hotel room that we're all going to share, all so right, we'll that's be warm good. in that. So yeah. My body yeah. warmth will yeah. keep Just your body. Warm. We'll all stack up on top of each other, like human centipede, which is one of your favorite. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's end to end. No, okay, no, I don't want to talk about Human Centipede. We talk about that damn movie Every all day. the time. No, no, we we talk about that like more than ago. toys, and that Listen, sucks. Halloween's okay. over. What did you all do right. last weekend? Did you dress up? I did. I was Mario. I took the Mario thing for the whole the run of the oh, weekend. Did you? Yeah, okay, that was good. awesome. I around I, the house. I wore it around the house. I uh, greeted people that came to my house. Did you make a poo in the Mario outfit? No, I did not. Why do we get scatological? But I did notice that as I walked down the street. I cheered up people left and right. People oh, were looking you? out their windows of their houses going, Hello, Mario. Are it you was, sure they weren't calling the police? No, everybody seemed very genuinely happy to see me. It There's was really awesome. Strange man. Mario is powerful, man. Well, you do an incredible Mario. Your voice is uncanny. <laughs> you're you're like that guy Charles Martinet. Do you know who he is? Yeah, putting him out of business. Yeah, he you you really seem to be enjoying yourself last week. I you know, he's such a lovable character. Remember the first time we got those costumes and we went and shot reviews in them and we were out in the street and yeah. it was pre-Halloween and I shot a pocket review in the middle of a divider between cars. Mm -hmm. And the amount of honks and people waving and mm -hmm. smiling and it was really fun, you know, and that was the first kind of realization it's no wonder Nintendo's making yeah. theme parks and Mario movies has and given lots of people many good times. Yeah, he's just joy, man. He's Christmas, you yeah, know. It's amazing. Is. Yeah. So you had fun as Mario. I did. What yeah. Did Ruby dress as? She was the Wicked Witch. My daughter oh. dressed as a Wicked Witch of the East from Wizard of Oz. She's never seen that, the movie. It's, it's too friendly, scary. It's not, that's the friendly one. No, she's the green, okay. scary one that melts oh, in the, the water. One with the nose. Right. I think I talked about this. And there's a Lego version of that. So she's played the Lego dimensions oh, with. Oh, she with, got inspired from that. No. Oh, she was already going to be the character because that's my wife's favorite movie, and uh, and but she also wanted to be a witch, so my wife helped. You should let her watch it. She's a bit young. It's not that scary. And it's it is scary with the flying monkeys and stuff. But oh. she was great, and her her raison d'être was to scare the other little girl princesses that were everywhere. Did it work? Yeah, and okay. she kept saying. I'll get you, my pretties, and your little dog, too. And it was just so awesome to see her yeah, get into it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Last weekend, a bunch took, of hams in my family. I took my cats to the playground. Did you? Yeah, that, like how usual was that? Sunday we go there. Yeah, they freaked I, out. I bring peanuts. Yeah. So I let them run and play. Yeah. And I just eat peanuts on a bench. That's awesome. Do your crossword? Sometimes I do a crossword. Yeah, good. Eat a muffin? <laughs> <laughs> so I had a good week weekend, and you had a good weekend, and we're about to go into another weekend here. Yeah. And uh, baseball's over, so yeah. there's no baseball to watch. We anymore. only talk about baseball when Marissa's here. All right, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and, we'll cross and, that off. And, and baking. <laughs> and Animal Crossing. And Plants vs. Uh, Hold on, there's more on our what list here. We got? Okay, J.J. Abrams. Uh, the, it has, oh, this is a sweet story. I'm so glad that this happened. The uh, the fan mm -hmm. that is dying of cancer and his dying wish was to see, I think his name is Daniel, I forget his last name, uh, has been begging people. And, and Mark Hamill and John Boyega and others got behind the 
the internet movement to have Disney show the movie uh, to him before he passes away, which is awful. And um, heart goes out to the whole family around this guy and this guy. But uh, he's been able to see an early cut of it. And J.J. Abrams called him personally and mm-hmm. put all that together. I mean, I think that there's an element of like, how could you not do that? Yeah, sure. You know, but also the humanness of doing that is just wonderful, you know? And I think we sometimes forget as consumers of this stuff that it's just people that build all of this, you know? They're just people and and it's it's good. It's affirming to, to have- It is, it's a good story. Right? Blake, what do you got? Well, JJ did the same thing with the last Star Trek movie. He did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. He was a fan and he was dying. I don't know what it was, but- That's great. Yeah, it's so sad that, that uh, but uh, you know, that speaks to the power of this, content that we consume too right like this is the stuff that makes life more interesting you know and so it doesn't always work and sometimes we're left scratching our heads about choices and stuff but you got to try and well, you and you got to try to enjoy it too the i think interesting thing about this story well, that's a, a couple interesting thing things one is is that they would do something so large-hearted i think that's great but the other thing is they're clearly still working on this film it's not done even though you think you know that it's done and they yeah. shot it and there's but they're still frantically editing yeah, it, it and i guess the way unfinished. that they do this yeah it's unfinished the way that they do this is they just keep working on it until it needs to go out the door so yeah. i love that and you know I, you think of star wars as something that's predestined almost these things arrived yeah. wholesale right yeah. and they're just yeah. done like but prefab no, houses they're just frantically trying to get this movie together and they know everybody's going to see it everybody already has their their tickets yeah and uh they're still working on a film yeah it's, it's not done the uh, international trailer for star wars is all over the internet right now too and and i watched it and uh yes was just as blown away as i was from the last trailer I didn't watch this one i i know you're you're in a wait and see mode i think that's yep. the healthy way to approach it yep. and i think that's totally cool i had a thought though about the names for these characters because i'm starting to know them now from the uh you know the, you know too much going i know this. and but the difficulty of naming these characters with the the you you have to make them indelible that's that's the charge you have disney goes look these are all iconic characters before you know and the images the haircuts the clothing styles everything about luke skywalker and han solo and princess leia and chewbacca and c3po and darth vader they all connected and resonated forever so now team you know and it's um uh kasdan and and abrams and the uh, whatever the the marketing departments and everybody else that's involved make kylo ren and poe and finn and ray matter forever and like i say those names now and they mean nothing to me you know nothing. and i look at those character they images they not mean any more to you on december 18th either I, I know and i look at those images and i i'm i'm intrigued by the actors and i love all the behind the scenes instagram account stuff and they look like real fantastic people that are really genuinely excited about the work that's going into this but they mean nothing to me and it's you know i don't know if i had seen all of this social media stuff around luke and han and leia if i would have cared back then um, but it's hard not to compare, you know? It's hard not to think of those other things and go, well, I don't know, I don't like this guy as much as well, Luke I Skywalker, mean, the, the you know? The thing is, is, like, Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Princess Leia, Princess Leia Organa, is that her mm-hmm. whole name? Yeah. I, if the movies weren't amazing, I don't think, I mean, those names all were so foreign to all of us yeah. when we first heard them. We're just like, wow, yeah. there's a character named Han Solo? What What does that mean? I mean, now it all makes sense because we've had those names and that kind of aesthetic in our heads for 30 years. But it took a while for us to get used to that. Yeah. And, and George, again, all the credit to, it, to these well, great it, people. It they, only took the first screening of Star Wars Episode Four to fall in love with all those people, though, you know, like I never fell in love with Anakin Skywalker, portrayed by uh, what Hayden Christensen. Well, if anything, I fell more out of love with Darth Vader after seeing those godforsaken right. prequels. And you know, like he means and Jake less Lloyd. than he ever met. Totally, Jar Jar hated him. Qui Gon Jinn, I think, maybe was one of the best. Uh, let me put it, this question to you: What 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 was the most memorable or your favorite character from episodes one through why three I, I don't want to those why? They're, they're, they didn't all like they, they, the, the movies sucked yes but I I really every choice in those three wasn't bad 
What was your favorite? Yeah, no, no, were, not like. What was good? The, Even the, Samuel Jackson, I just feel bad for Mace Windu. Like, what a terrible name. Was was there character. was there anything? Django Fett. No. Darth Maul. If anything, the pod race. Any little bit where they kind of piled more on top of these almost mythological creatures. Any extra bit of information made them matter less the, to me. You're saying midichlorian. In the rearview mirror. Midichlorian. Yeah, I, mean, I don't care. And I the rocket boots that. on yeah. R2-D2. Like all of it's... Boy, stupid. they have so much shit to solve and save with these new concepts. Star Wars Episode well, they, 7, Solve and Save. Well, they did with... Episode I think with the Clone no. Wars animated. Yeah, 7. They made a huge difference. Oh, and Rebels is fantastic as well. Care. And... It's salvageable. Even the games, even the uh, I love you. Even this, the the clone games. What was the uh, the the Lucas Arts squad based clone game? That was fantastic. You know, it's easy to. We did the the Jade interview. I forget the name of Cl uh, um, Clones of the Republic. I can't remember. There's so many titles. And the Force easy Unleashed. To make up these the fictional these names though. That's yeah. a fun thing. Like I could come up with Poe. Finn, Ray, and Poe seem so yeah, slight do though, like, don't they? I got. They one. don't have the like. Here's a, Luke Skywalker is a fucking name. How about this one? Han Solo is a name. How about Bingo? Bingo Solo. Bingo Walalula. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of the new characters might have those last names. Yes, I know. Yeah. Yes, I know. Anyway, I don't even I don't even want to listen to these conversations. I'm so tired. You don't of want to talk about it. Okay, like I, we're just speculating about this goddamn thing. I know. He's let's gonna see it in like three weeks. We're gonna see it in four weeks. What's I, the big deal? I can't wait to see it. Um, I <laughs> I'm I'm getting more and more and more and more amped up. All I'm gonna I, do is lock the door, draw the blinds, and play the Force Unleashed again. After you see and this again movie. and again. I think I think. No, before I, I see it. Okay. Um, but I'm going to answer my own question about what, and I want everybody to answer this question, whether you watch this on YouTube or iTunes or or uh, EPN.TV or Stitcher, whatever, we'll find it. I'm very curious. Your favorite idea and or character from episodes one through well, three. I understand. And I've got mine. You ready? I, I don't want you ready? Yeah, sure. Well, there's two. Because How about if you could see Yoda as a young Yoda but he can fight with a lightsaber. I now. loved all that. That was actually really cool. Stupid. But here's what. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. Uh, you want to see a young Obi Wan? Well, stupid. I loved uh, uh, Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. He, he was excellent. Uh, he was Terrible. excellent. I loved him. He was great, Awful. and he did a great job. Wretched. Uh, I also think that. Uh, you, uh, I feel like we have this fight every week. I know, but I also feel that Qui Gon, what's his name again? Liam Neeson. I think he was a little, yeah, a little bit sabotaged as well. I think he was pretty cool as a as a father figure. But my favorite thing was Grievous. I really loved General Grievous. I love that. I love that idea of an organic. Uh, robot thing, Blake shaking his head. He fucking has less respect for me right now than he's ever had before. <laughs> it was pretty low. Yeah. I like Grievous. Oh. I think that character was cool. I liked his breathing. I liked his uh, his tenacity. I liked that he just claimed the Jedi lightsabers. I thought that was a really great idea. I think we all had a moment when we were trying to find something to love. And of course, the king of the Jar Jars was awesome too. No, whatever his name all, was. That guy was stupid. No, it they was were terrible. All stupid. But you know what? The thing is. I spent so much time trying so hard and putting so much of my heart, and this was back when I still had heart to give, yeah. into trying to love Darth Maul. He I was did. cool. His you fighting know, was cool. Fuck all those guys. Yeah. Like, fuck, like they, it was awful. I want to meet. I want to meet the guy that played the King of the Jar Jars at a convention one day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can get your photo with him. It costs $45. Maybe at FanFest or whatever that thing's called. <laughs> I played the king like, of the Jar Jars. I feel like you want to say something. Oh, no, I'm fine. I just, I just want to say that there's nothing good about the prequels. And Watto. Watto was good, good too. I liked Watto. He was a little racist, but I liked Watto. Every single one of the characters. I don't even mind racism as long as it's a textured, vital, Re vibrant, alive world. Remember None the, of it was alive. Remember the cartoon 1950s diner robot that was balanced on one wheel and it just looks so preposterous? Why are we talking no, about this? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Is that, is that in the new one? No, that was in uh, is that, is episode that, one or two. Is that or Apple Watch comfortable? It, it's a little heavier than I... I thought from the marketing, but uh, what is that one thing on the bottom? Can you unplug that and plug it in? Um, that's I think cool. that's that's how I vape. 
Okay. Are you vaping again? <laughs> I've just started. <laughs> I've just started vaping. Intervention last yeah, week. Okay. You weren't doing it anymore. All right. All right. That's uh, enough Star Wars talk for the day. There's all right. A new let's, trailer. Let's talk about Candy Crush. That's it. Candy uh, Crush. This is stupid. Six. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, come on! Like it's so. You know what? The, you remember how the uh, King was trying to uh, uh, trademark Crush for their games, yeah. or it could have been Candy. Either one. It's so stupid so that they did that. Candy. candy. You should trademark Stupid. Stupid. Okay. All right. Uh, no, but Activision bought five point three billion. I think five point nine. I think it's closer to six billion dollars. And and here's I something the, to put in perspective. Okay. I wonder if Notch feels. Humbled somehow. It's uh, 5.9 billion. Yeah, that's yeah. what I said. But here's here's something to put that in perspective, okay? And we're gonna float right back into Star Wars territory oh, again. Come on, Disney bought Lucas and all the rights to Star Wars and Indiana Jones and everything that Lucasfilm has created for four billion dollars. Yeah. Yep. Activision bought a, a fucking mobile yeah. game one game really because they have other other types of games Ben pointed this out but you remember the draw something controversy from a few years ago I yeah i forget who bought that was that that wasn't popcat that was facebook uh, it was a game no it was uh no it was um not you facebook the, the uh Come on. yeah anyway that game the farmville guys yeah we what's were, that company i forget that yeah yeah. But we we were all playing. I remember Ben was the one who introduced me to draw something. And yeah. we, we were playing it frantically for like a week. And then somebody, this company that Blake's looking up, they paid a ridiculous amount of money for it. They did. And then it went away. Yeah. And now it's but ghost. This is the one that Matrick went to go and run. The company is o OMG Pop. They, that's they, what they made draw something. And they, and they were they were bought by Zynga. Zynga, that's right. Zynga. See, we can't even remember Zynga's name. So stupid! They were making so much money, and they were the top of the mobile space and the and the uh, social gaming. You know, and we please. can't even remember. That's exactly what's going to happen to this King Candy Crush. Those guys made off like bandits. They did. Good Hats off them, to them. Yeah, yeah, they're them. all living in you Ibiza, what, and I, they're they're that's right. they're drinking off of models. They're doing whatever they want. Whatever. And they're building yeah. a robot sex bots and yeah. whatever, and yeah. they're having fun. But you know. Yeah. The thing is, Apple watches. Everybody's Apple watches got an Apple on watch. One around the penis, they, one on their arm. They do, yeah. But you know, yeah. the, the thing is, it's like uh, when I was in the hospital last year. I'm sorry, I'm bringing this up a lot today. No, yeah. actually, I'm not. Were We're you just talking about, about Star Wars every five yeah. seconds. Okay. There Talk. was a woman in the bed across from me. She was very old, and her daughter would visit her every day and just stay with her from the morning to the night. And she would just sit there, and I could hear her playing fucking Candy Crush oh my God. all day long. And she, I knew she was just like lining up like turnips ah, and fruit. I and, hate it. And, but everybody plays I was it. on a plane once everybody and every seat had Candy Crush going on their phone. So yeah, I get why they bought this stupid company and this stupid franchise. What does it mean though? Like what's the long tail on it? Why do you I don't pay $5.9 billion for it? Well, I don't well, know. We're not businessmen. They're, we're not supposed to They're going to take all of their brand. They're, they're number one in every category. So they're making tons of money. And I just professed my love for Call of Duty. I have huge respect for Blizzard. I, you know, I love Guitar Hero Live. Activision is doing smart, smart, smart things. And I think they're going to do something tremendously successful with this. But it blows me away that it costs more than Star Wars and Indiana Jones so and funny. everything else that those that company has cr crafted for us over 40 years. You remember a couple years ago? When Unbelievable. You were, when you were like 22? Yep. A million dollars was a lot of money. Yeah. Now billion dollars you, pushed around Marvel all the time. in the 90s maybe even early 2000s, could have been bought for $100 million. Mm -hmm. All, it's, it's peanuts. Everything that Marvel had crafted, everything, and the rights to everything, everywhere, for $100 million. bucks. $100 million. And, and Disney paid less for Marvel as well as, oh my God, probably bought Marvel and Lucas for the amount of money that Candy Crush has been bought mm -hmm. by, oh my, that just, I, does that dump bum anyway, you out? Let's move on. Oh my like God, it's terrible. It's the end of it. Okay. And we uh, we we blocked Candy Crush from ever being discussed on this sh this show ever, right? Well, somehow we, it came up I've, today, and now it's here. Damn it! Okay, uh, I'm gonna have to call an exorcist. Deadpool is pansexual in the new movie. Blake, are you trying? Are you trying to are you trying to tell us something? What's happening? No, here? I didn't make that. Are up. you coming out? What's happening? Of, the director of the uh, Deadpool movie said in an interview recently. Yeah, it feels like they're trying to manufacture a controversy, but. Uh, he said that Deadpool in the movie is pansexual, and right. the, comic, the comic creators have said as much too. Yeah, because there's been moments where. But he's what like, is pansexual, guys? It means that you're you're not bisexual. It's kind of like bisexual, but you're basically you 
you like everything. Okay. So, so there's only into, two options: so you, is men and but women. But you're into like every fetish and. and oh, you know, everything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're, you're into anything that anybody can throw at you. Basically. I don't think I'm pansexual. I, I don't think I am either. Yeah, I don't know what it means. Well, it means. <laughs> it basically means that Deadpool would fuck anybody and anything any way. Okay. Yeah. I'm in the Fallout right now. Yeah. That, that's it. That. Well, I mean. That, uh, Fallout Three. Fallout Three. Yeah. yeah Fallout Three is really good. Uh, they are making a new movie based on The Witcher. I don't care. There was a, already a 2001 Polish Wait, film called The it. Hexer based that's on the same book series. He's fired from the news. <laughs> what is this? A movie based on The Witcher. That's a good thing. That's Project Red. I still haven't seen The Red. Witcher. I'm too weird, busy weird name for a Fallout studio. Again. Yeah. Uh, can we go back to Candy Crush? No. Uh, Fallout 4 hype and silly review embargoes. I don't. I don't know. I mean, they're trying to police. No, but they they had a they had an embargo on the embargo. Yeah, like they could they told you can't even say when the embargo lifts until a certain day, which is kind of silly. Who cares? <laughs> you know, I, I I don't I don't envy. Here's the way it's I see like it. To no, here's here's the way I see it from the publisher's viewpoint. Okay, we're in the the days of everybody's got a YouTube channel, and I I love that people do. That's fantastic. Except me. Well, everybody's talking about games in a million different ways. On the publisher side, the requests must, must be obscene. And filtering through the amount of noise oh, yeah. to figure out who should get an early copy of something. Not just noise, and, the selfishness. Well, too. and then the, the follow-up when people do reveal that they have something that, you know, and I'm not just trying to be entitled and say that we have a legitimate thing and, you know, too bad for it. It's not even about that. It's just the amount of, of like, there's a, a ceiling on the amount of stress that these folks can have as they're preparing to get this thing out well, there. What's the big deal, though? Just, like, who cares if you have it? Who cares if you have an opinion about it? The game is coming out in a couple of days. Why try to keep the clamp down on everybody? Well, like, we, talked ab- we talked about the... Uh, we talked about the also the other ceiling on the the actual employment or the amount of dollars that people can make in this space talking about this stuff the appeal and the hook of getting early code or getting a game for free is a very very you know big deal still is i mean we we can be in this business for as long as we have and still be excited about the fact that part of the job is we get a, a copy of the game for free you know that's a really great perk and it, it, because we love this industry. And I think that that is the only thing that keeps a lot of people doing this stuff. And they don't want to be denied because they have an audience. They've built their, their own audience. But on the other side of it, the people that dole out this stuff, they've got a couple of real issues. They have, amount, they have an allotment wow. and they are worried about piracy. And they don't have the time to filter every single voice that says, I want one too. So when people are complaining about the embargoes, I, I understand that there there are some there are some silly rules and some frustrations about it, but I don't envy the people that have to decide who gets what. You know, it's right. that, listen, it's a crazy time right that, now. I, I love you, but that's the end of that. Okay. Listen, but yeah. l- listen, uh, I just want to put this on the table. You don't have to answer it now. Yeah. But game of the year. Yeah. Do you? Have, I have two games that are fighting. Is one of them uh, um, uh, Mario Kart Eight? No, that was from last year. Okay. <laughs> but I have two we know games. who's going to get your game of the year. Just I like have two games. Pre- people probably think <laughs> they know what game shut I'm going to give for game they, of the year. Shut up. All right. You're wrong. We know, I know how you are with your it's game Yo-Kai of the year. It's Yokai Watch is going to be Yo-Kai your game Watch, of, the, of the year. <laughs> we know. You know what? I'm just going to. That's such a strong contender <laughs> that it won this year and next year. It's a really great game, actually. Marissa and I just reviewed it. It's in today's show, and I did not expect to enjoy that game, and I had a lot of fun playing that game. It's I'm still having crazy a in lot Japan. of fun. Everybody loves it's it. a really cool game. It's like Pokemon, but it's not. And they did some great mechanics with the touch screen to keep you kind of engaged during the battles. And that's uh, the Yo-Kai the, Yo- Yo-Kai Watch, yeah, it's it's really fun. I don't, I you know, if if you're thinking about it and you love that kind of game, I think you're gonna have a blast with it. Is that Bloodborne? Uh, Bloodborne does not play on the 3DS currently. From yeah. should make a 3DS game though. I think they should make a Souls type game for 3DS. In my mind, I'm playing it on every platform. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I've gotten so much enjoyment from that world. Okay. All right, well, let's talk about Spectre now because it is out. Everybody well, I can see it. I gotta say this, my friend. Hang, hang you didn't talk about the top item on that list. The Vita. 
No. Uh, so oh, Star Trek TV show officially announced. We oh, have a, we had a. Uh, uh, for those that don't know, uh, Blake, who is awesome. Blake, would you Steve like to Kent, say a few words about this? It is. Okay. Is the world's largest Star Trek fan every day? You mean the best, most endowed, most the longest, longest, longest penis, longest and thickest, it's like four feet long. Um, uh, and it's okay. <laughs> but every day he spends, we spend hours with our hair and our our powder puff makeup before we're on, uh, yeah, you All know, worldwide international shows like this. Right. That's right. Uh, but Blake spends the same amount of time with his Vulcan ears. Even though he's not on camera, mm -hmm. every day, just getting it right, putting the Vulcan ears perfectly so he can come in, because uh, on his world he is known as you know, the huge cock Star Wars he's fan, Star Trek. But he's Star he, Trek, Star Trek. He, well, he's sorry, he's, buddy, he's just sorry. known as Blake. But um, he loves Star Trek so much, so and it's kind of TV. and he, the other thing about Blake, rare smiles. Yeah. But now it's coming back. Also, he was driving TV. earlier. He drives like a mofo. <laughs> like, where were, we, were we leaving a bank robbery? What were we doing? Well, I, he, had, he had the, uh, the douchebag uh, magnet on the top of the well, car. So we had all, yeah, all the douchebags came to our car. It was nuts. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Star Trek is coming back as a TV show. Yeah, that's exciting. It is exciting. And I, uh, I made the very smart comment about uh, the fact that we need more great science fiction that is... Uh, about uh, you, you've got to back me up on that. By the way, it was a uh, sure. smart, smart, more comment. great science fiction. Okay, uh, no, but we need more, more uh, positive science fiction out there. Stuff that that tells us that the world won't be like uh, a, a nuclear. Uh, I like the Martian. The Martian was incredible. Yeah, well, that's science fiction. Is that the kind no? Of but on television, you're talking about? yes, uh, that's that's more kind of uh, uh, about humanity and and uh, whatever other alien societies that we meet out there, kind of working together to solve a lot of uh, you know uh, interplanetary issues and and sure there will be action bits and stuff like that. But Star Trek existed as a as a as something to aspire to, you know, and it was uh, I think a huge influence on a lot of scientists and a lot of people getting, you know, into astronomy and into the idea of, uh, of uh, space travel and space exploration. And I think we need to go back to that a little bit, you know, not just as, uh, and, and it's happening. I mean, I, I'm, I can't believe the amount of new stuff that's percolating every day uh, that's sort of NASA related and everything like that. But I think, you know, science fiction that, that shows us that it, it doesn't necessarily need, need to be about a future where there are it's all wasteland or or you know floating cities or whatever that that uh post-apocalyptic yeah that, that the future no. can be cool and and we can solve this stuff you know i think that'd yeah, be great yeah 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 that's interesting i don't know i feel like there's so much science fiction now yeah i feel like there's so many movies so many tv shows centered around some sort of future version of us mm -hmm. and again I don't want to bring it up, but we have George to thank for that. Thanks, uh, George. George Lucas. Yeah. 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 I do, th you know, for sure. I mean, I feel like the huge growth of, of uh, nerd passion that we have is traceable back to 1977. For yep. sure. Star Trek predates that by, by what, maybe seven or eight years? Mm, right? the Ten late years. 60s? 12 years. 12 okay, years, yeah. 12 years. But it certainly never reached that critical mass that, that they reached with Star Wars. Yeah, well, it was an episodic kind of take on the uh, uh, atomic age science fiction that was in the movie theaters, the B cinema type stuff. They said, OK, we can come up with something that will be a little more uh, complex and about people. And they didn't have the budgets to do lots of great special effects. So they Star Wars is a very hopeful story. It, yeah, it is. Very Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's also rooted in that sort of serialized, you know, B-movie type kind of vibe as well. Star Trek was the uh, the, the more intellectual kind of slant on it, yeah. but it's still accessible. And yeah. I, I think that's the, you know, that's the wonderful potential now of this new series. You know, and Battlestar, I think, fits in there, too. Even yeah. the Glenn Larson show from the 80s had some merit. But certainly the Ronald D. Moore take on it was unbelievable, but that went so dark and it was so... Yeah, I stopped watching it. But it was important and the, the ending was incredible. And I think it was a, a great, you know, bookend to maybe the, uh, the scientific hopefulness or the emotional hopefulness that Star Wars and Star Trek offer. This was a, uh, a more meditative, like we're gonna get through this conflict with technology 
ultimately hopeful, but definitely super dour it's along the way. It's a question of what you know society needs, what our culture needs at this moment in time. Right. And sometimes entertainments come along and they're the right entertainment for this moment Absolutely. in particular. And yeah. I feel like Star Wars, for some bizarre reason, was the right movie at exactly, exactly the right moment. If, yeah. if it had come out two years earlier or two years later, it might not have worked in the way that it did. Yeah. But it was the right movie for the right moment. Will these new movies, are they going to give us information that's, that are the right movies for the right moment? I don't know. That's a huge long shot. We need fantasy, man. We need it. We need to. We need to dream. That's what. That's what we've been talking about for this whole hour. But let's talk about uh, a dream that's persisted for more than fifty years, and that's this uh, British super spy idea of James oh, yeah, Bond. Oh we're going to talk about James Bond. And, and James uh, Bond. Spectre's out. I and was surprised you were a little lukewarm on it. Well, I, I gave it an eight. I'm. Oh, I really. Nine. I really liked it. I really did enjoy if myself. You really like something though. Nine. Uh, no, if I love something, it's a nine. And if it's if it's you know outstanding, peerless, you know, absolute achievement of incredible stuff. It's uh, probably an Arkham game. But uh, the um, uh, I really enjoyed Spectre, but we talk about this in the review. You can feel Craig and Mendez, Sam Mendez, the director, uh, buckling under the weight of well, the you, yeah, franchise. I think you did, for sure. But I didn't pick up on that during the movie. All I just picked up on was that it, I was kind of having an unpleasant experience. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of hate for it. There is. There's a lot no, of people I don't, that are... I, don't, I didn't feel hate, but I just felt the cold indifference that I felt towards all of the Daniel Craig Bond movies, mm. except for the first one, which yeah. was great. Uh, but I just didn't feel like I was learning anything new or essential about him. I want to watch I them all just, again. Why? I do. I mean, no. I How do. How much time do you have? I, but I, I, I've like you know, Skyfall underwhelmed. Years, if we're lucky. I know, but I, I. This is my world, brother. I loved the James Bond movies forever. You know, they meant a lot to me. They were things that I discovered. The first There's one I saw one was Spy Who Loved Me, and I loved that movie, and I loved all the con most of the Conneries. But, but uh, there's been a, a I, lot I, of really bad ones. I really like Skyfall as well. I don't know if I like Skyfall. I think I like them about the same. Maybe 8.5 for Skyfall. <laughs> okay. But Spectre, I think, was... Uh, uh, it, it's not only a movie that's at odds with its creative leaders and them trying to make something that resonates for a modern audience, yeah. but it also, I think, shows that the, the, there's real danger of this property being irrelevant forever, and more so than ever before. Because Skyfall was the highest-grossing Bond movie ever, and I don't know if Spectre's going to do that well, but it is, I don't think, as freeform, um, I, I, you know, I don't think they had as much joy making this one as they had making Skyfall. And I don't, I, I mean, in terms of like a creative joy. You know, I, I did the reviews, the review aired today. Yeah. Well, I only gave it one glowing mummy hand out of 10. <laughs> so that's my score. But I, you know, I loved the, uh, the Christoph Waltz stuff and I love the, um, the team work stuff that's in the movie. I know that didn't matter to you too much because it starts to veer in the Mission like Impossible. I like the villain because I've, I was watching the Christoph Waltz stuff and I thought, boy, Bond villains have really come a long way since the, they just had three nipples. Yeah. Like, this, is, this is quite an advancement because there is, there is a sinister-ism yeah. about him. I mean, every character Christoph Waltz plays has that kind of sinister-ism. But I had a, a lunch with a friend yesterday, and, and uh, she said, have you seen the new Bond film? What's it called? Sphincter? <laughs> I was like, oh. and she didn't mean it, but she just wasn't thinking. Uh, she just couldn't remember what it was called. And and Sphincter, it's about right. No, there, come on, it's it's an amazing it's, thing that Spectre is back. Now there's a backstory to this whole thing with Spectre, right? And <laughs> I mean a backstory that you care about. No, it's cool if you're a Bond aficionado, and and that's I, I think I that there are less and less of us out there. But Spectre was something With that reason. the filmmakers could not use. They could not reference it from the time that I think it was Kevin McClory had the rights to Spectre and a lot of the... Uh, you should the, save this for your other podcast. No, come on. This is cool. <laughs> they could, and it all it all happened from the rights entanglement with the uh, uh, the movie Thunderball from the 60s. Should people go see this or not? I Yes, they should. Especially, yes, it's entertaining as hell. And the thing about the movie is that it's not perfect all the way. There's problems along all, all the way. But there is a sort of middle point where it's like, oh, this is cool. And it just, it's... 
It's a... You find that middle point in every movie. No, but this one, not a, a, totally I don't. Absolutely I don't. I see a lot of movies that I have a, a problem with all the way through. I'm just breaking your balls. But this was fun. I'm glad you liked it. But it takes a long time to kind of be fun. But then it gets, it has some pretty cool highs. He just looks so miserable. He does. And he I, looks miserable. He he's does. He's well-dressed. And he looks... He's got a frown on the whole time. He has no joy. Even when he's pleasuring the most beautiful women in the world yeah. expertly. He's read all the sex books. He knows how to do it. Go in. Go fast. Go fast. Go slow. Now fast again. But, but there's none of that. It's all so, so tepid and, and T-rated. And the woman he's having and... sex with looks like she's about 18. Oh, uh, she looks less than that, but I didn't want to say it because it sounds too lurid. But it looks lurid. Oh, no, she's me. thirty. She's the daughter of a friend of his, like a colleague that's his peer. But she's the daughter. Not a friend, but a daughter of somebody. Maybe an enemy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, know. She she seems way too young for him. Well, it's part of the misogynistic is, sort of routine, like, you know. I, I thought we'd grown out of that a little bit. It doesn't help the movie that Daniel Craig's very public announcements about how much he doesn't give a crap about this series anymore all sort of lead into going to see this it. This movie felt like such a you, huge enterprise you to can, try to make. I know, and you can see it on his face. It's just like, get it over with. Get it yeah, over with. Yeah, it's unpleasant. I don't think yeah. he's having fun. I don't know what, what Bond had fun beforehand. Like, who had fun? Who's the last Bond to have fun? Uh, I think they they all have fun, and then they become. Roger Moore, Roger Moore had tons of fun. Um, I think Brosnan had fun. I think what happens is they come out, they reboot, they start with a fresh thing, and it's very exciting for that person. Uh, and then they they start to grind on the on the people. I think Roger Moore, when you look at his movies, he they're not the best ones. But he was the most consistent, I think, out of the Bonds. You know, like he was one that delivered a sort of quippy, goofy, he's way too out of shape and too old to be this super spy thing, but he, he was charming. And, and <laughs> he was having. Out back then. Yeah, and he was having a good time. And every one of the movies is kind of goofy and silly, especially Moonraker, but they're all kind of endearing. It, they, it went too long. He was the one, that, I think he did seven James Bond movies. He went on too long. Yeah. Uh, but they were all like. Uh, Live and Let Die was fun. The Man with the Golden Gun was fun. Spy Love Me was a really good one. I don't know why one. you still like this guy. They're fun, man. They, they are. I don't think they're but that fun. I think it's time to reinvent, reboot. I think they should they go just younger. like four years ago. No, it's time again. And give it another three or four years and go for a younger Bond and maybe go period. Maybe go with a, a, a 60s thing and make it about the Cold War again. But, you know, let us... Let us embrace the idea. Let's not try to modernize it and make him like a real agent. Because honestly, you know, I think Mission Impossible or the Bourne movies do a better job at kind of approximating, or the 24 shows, or Homeland, at approximating what a modern day secret agent would live and look like than anything that James Bond represents now, you know? So, it really is a catalog for consumerism, every one of these films, right? And they have to maintain that that aesthetic every time and that's exhausting you know and I think it off-putting for a modern audience know, I, the same way that I struggle with Superman I don't know how he's relevant at all or why we still need him and I know you disagree yeah I do I know you do but I don't know why we still need James Bond I don't know why we don't he's not really relevant anymore he was very necessary a while ago yeah but he's not really necessary anymore we need more modern more forward-thinking narratives we need more modern more forward-thinking well, uh, heroes here's here's the same thing that I'm I I don't want to have I, this I, argument no here's the same thing that I was, okay. I was gonna say about Bond that I say about Lara Croft is that they have for too long been too independent and too much of the weight of the success of the property that they're in is based on that one character and every other aspect of it is pretty uh, superficial. Yeah, you complaining about the Tomb Raider not having yeah, any it, other Well, characters. I can't, let's not spoil, but the, the, the oh. uh, but I, 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 I can't I, talk about anything today. Well, it's too, we're too early, but I do feel, and this is even historical, I, I think that if these things will become more resonant and more relevant going forward they need to populate with char other characters that are just as embodied well, and just why can't as we just make up some new characters because the 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 core roots of these characters are fascinating and interesting and and you know grounded Maybe with just old and moldy and we need to throw them away i i disagree 
I think there's a reason why we're we're making superhero movies based on 50 year old characters where we've got Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and and Princess Leia in a new Star Wars. There's a reason. There's emotional hooks. Ridley Scott is making a new Alien movie this weekend. (laughs) Vic says see it. See Spectre. I don't see don't see Spectre. Don't see Spectre. Unless it's someone you love. Uh, but see uh, Spectre. Which reminds us, it is time to get your Spectre check, hey, everyone. Uh, any questions? Do we have yeah, rapid fire? Do, or? Let's do a quick thing. Uh, I have a few, but I don't think we're going to have time to get to them. Okay. Because oh, we're going to run out of the tape? Two minutes? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's, do, let's ask us two questions. Okay. Well, uh, Kyle wanted to know if you're uh, doing the Extra Life charity this weekend. No. It's happening this weekend. No. I, I will support one, but uh, yeah, I am going to be out with my family this weekend. I'm going to shop and run the vacuum and take my cats to the park. Okay. One more. I think that will happen when we are not, less busy I, with I like November your, production. Your November is coming in nicely. Yeah. Very Vic's growing a beard. No, I, that's just a mustache. That's my mustache. Okay. Good question, though, Kyle. Good one, Kyle. Let's Thanks support other extra lifers. Yeah, so, uh, so what are we uh, watching and playing this weekend? What are we watching and playing? Uh, Call of Duty. I'll be playing the heck out of that. I'm and, playing uh, other games that I can't talk about. Yes. And uh, I'll be getting caught up on Arrow, Flash, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Gotham. <laughs> and I'm all caught up on Supergirl. <laughs> what are you going to be watching? I've been really into this show called Mindy Project. I've been watching that. Mindy Kaling? All right. She's cool. I, well, I don't know. Season two is, is really good. It, season it, one I didn't think was it, very good. But it, season two, it really seems like it's kind of found its... its is, she, is she bulletproof? Can she no, fly? She's just a Does lady. Does she have arrows? Who's a fake Super gyne- speed? She's a fake gynecologist. And okay. She's just trying to do her life, man. All right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for watching, everybody. See you next week. Stitcher! Vic's Basement would like to thank its sponsors, EB Games, Nintendo, Xbox, and Gameloft, makers of Dragon Mania Legends, which you can play for free right now.